Hey guys, welcome back to the Swirl Suite. So this is our final episode celebrating Black History Month. And our two guests today are, my gosh, they are they're phenomenal guests. And they're doing such great work in Virginia for the community. Not too many times I feel like I have like a symbiotic connection with, with a guest. But in these past two episodes, I definitely feel like we're too ecosystems joining forces per usual before this episode gets started don't forget to like and subscribe to the swirl sweet podcast wherever you're listening feel free to leave a comment and once you finish this entire episode just listen to the whole thing y'all because it's really good uh, let us know what you think tag us on social media or uh, feel free to send us a dm cheers Hey, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. It's Glennis Hill here, Vino Noir, back in the Swirl Suite with a great lineup this evening. And as you know, it's Black History Month, all month. So all our guests have been people of different hues of Black. What a marvelous month this is. So we're just going to celebrate the rest of the year, possibly. No, so... As always, sit back, relax, remember to live, love, and laugh always, and welcome to the Swirl Suite. Cheers, Glennis. How are you? Where have you been? What have you been doing? <laughs> well, well, I haven't been any place fun. Um, had a couple of um, deaths in the family, so I've been oh on the road God. doing that kind of thing. Um, shout out to my uncle, who's 102. And um, he always said he was going to outlive his sister who lived to 110 and she would have been 111 on her birthday. But I guess his wife was like, you boy, you better stop suffering and bring your tail on up here and chill out with the rest of us. So he transitioned in, his nephew transitioned, so it was back and forth, Baltimore to North Carolina. But other than that, I haven't been doing anything else just now. I'm playing catch up because you know them jokers at the pilgrims at work be trying to like you've been off a lot. I got all this for you to do. So that, that's what I've been doing. Well, Damn. my condolences. That's that sounds like a Thank beautiful you. life he lived. Oh yeah. Yeah. That joke was funny. That was my dude though. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad he's not suffering no more. So I I toast him and um hopefully all of us live long healthy lives and in our right mind yes at that yes um i haven't been doing much i just told glennis that i'm sitting here with covid yep i was one of those people that is snuck up on never had it before so i'm i'm all good but <clears throat> yeah snuck up on me so i'm in quarantine this is day six so it should be over soon but Lee looked up at you like she could catch COVID. I know. That. Why didn't you see her face? <laughs> Our special guests are, man, they are wine powerhouses in Virginia. Lance and Lee, welcome to the Swell Suite. Welcome, Thank welcome, you. welcome. Great to be here. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so y'all put down your footprint down there in um Virginia. What's going on? What's going on? Down there. Where are you? Lettuce. Oh, I'm in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. I'm from Jersey. Okay. I'm from Jersey no, no, originally. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> once you cross that, once you cross that line, you down there, though. You know. <laughs> what's, what's going on with you guys? Yes, please introduce yourselves to everyone. Go ahead, Lance. Oh, dang, Lee, why you do me like that? <laughs> um, my name is Lance Lemon. I am originally from. I was born in Virginia Beach. I grew up in a uh, outside of Richmond, called uh, in a town called Mechanicsville. So I am a country boy down down there, as Glennis would say. Um, down four two ninety five. I've um, I've recently been back in Richmond for mm, in Virginia as a whole for four years now, almost. I was in New York for about almost seven years, where I met Miss Lee Campbell. Um, and that's how kind of our our journey started. I I will never forget that day, Lee. Um, and uh, yeah, you know I'm a I'm a lover of wine. I'm a lover of the the arts, film, and TV. Um, lover of good vibes, good energy. And yeah, you know I'm just happy to be here with y'all, and thank y'all for 
taking the time out and asking us some questions and letting us kick it with y'all for a little bit. Yes. Of course. And so Lee, what about you? Um, I'm a little bit more of a carpetbagger, I guess you would say, or a Yankee. I, um, I'm a Caribbean girl. My parents were West Indian. I grew up in the New York metro area and found myself as an undergrad at UVA, like Lance. Um, and so, yeah, my father's second wife was from Richmond and I came down and I got to know her family and I had never really spent time in the American South in that way. And I was very much um, enveloped and felt very loved by her family. And so I ended up going to college down here. But after college, um, I left and I didn't think I would be back. And uh, at the time, I had more of a political focus and thought I would end up settling in the district and doing some stuff on the hill. But I could not get rid of my love for food and um, had some experiences in Washington, D.C., which sort of affirmed that. And um, since that sort of turning point in D.C., which maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, I found myself completely ensconced in the word world of food and wine and have worked pretty much as a wine professional for the last 25 years, mostly based in New York City until eight months ago when I came back down to, to Virginia. So here I am. That's awesome. So someone tell the story of how y'all met. Did y'all meet at UVA? Cause, or was it Early Mountain? Because both of you worked at Early Mountain as well too, right? Uh, I got a few years on Lance, so we were not there at the same time. <laughs> Although I think we did claim some similar experiences. Um, although I don't know if you had the BBS when you were there. Did you have the Black Bus Stop when you were there? No, it no longer exists. We did have the Black Bus Stop. I, I think it's still there. It wasn't as hype as it was. It's not as hype as it is today as it used to be. I mean, that was our stomping ground was the BBS. We called it the black the black bus stop. It was, look, I mean- well, as I, much just, as... I just sort of ran through. Really wasn't my stomping ground, but it was in effect. And- No, uh, I'm, I'm with just, you on that. Yeah, but 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 UVA had a way of, uh, you know, there you know, a lot of people say that the black experience at UVA is like going to an HBCU at a PWI. So, um, <laughs> so even though Lance and I were not there at the same time, we definitely shared some 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 memories, kind of kind of in, in a strange sort of way. But um, Lance hey, and I met a thing from uh, folks yeah. who go to University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that where you went? Oh no, I went to Howard. I went to an HBCU. Oh, okay. She's like, no, I went to an HBCU. <laughs> no, I went to the Becca. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, Sorry, okay, so Becca. Sorry. Morgan State stand up. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, so, Lee's, Lee's right. Lee's right, though. I mean, there's, you know, UVA is a, it's a great school, but I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, it's, you know, when I went there, I think it was eight percent black people, maybe seven percent. I mean, like out of a twenty-some thousand school, you can do the math. I mean, it was, it was twenty-five hundred of us. You know, three that whatever amount was, but. It's so funny because I think the alumni, especially the black alumni, UVA kind of runs deep and you start to kind of pick out names and no names and and you kind of experience the same things. And, you know, you network together because it is such a small community. Um, but, yeah, that's look, I got accepted. Yeah, and so that runs into when I met you, I immediately felt, you know, when I met him in the middle of Bedstuy, Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, and he told me he had gone to UVA. We were already on the same page. A hundred percent. So 100%. that was very sweet. But so, um, but yeah, a few years ago, I started to work with uh, an estate called Early Mountain Vineyards. It's in Madison, Virginia. And um, the way that I was working with them was really to help uh, raise their profile. Because in New York City, even though it's the top of the top in terms of sommeliers and wine buyers and wine professionals, People just have had very little experience with Virginia wine. Um, there was a couple of estates there, namely Barbersville. Um, much that was what was really holding strong for a long time. And so um, I got to know the folks at Early Mountain about five years ago, and they asked if I would work with their wines um, kind of a little bit more nationally, particularly in New York, to raise the profile and to introduce those wines um, into um i don't know high you know high-end restaurants and and um very well-known cavis and so um a, a mutual friend of ours named jade marley um recommended that i go see lance and so i brought these wines to lance and we've been hanging tight since then 
Yeah, I never forget. Lee walked in, and first I was so I was I was so happy to see just another black person in the industry. I mean, I know that sounds I don't want to say cliche, but this was two thousand what fifteen, Lee maybe two thousand sixteen. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. About sixteen, maybe. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. Lee walked in. She came. She she had some early mountain with her, and then at that point, like I wasn't. You know, my wine career started in New York, so Oh, like. you know what? No, it wasn't 16 at all. No, it would have been like five or six years ago. Sorry. So it would have been like 18, 19. Yeah, eighteen, nineteen. You're right. Yeah, you're Yeah. right. Um, and so yeah, when you know, I was I was excited to one see Lee just handling a handling wine, and then two, I was excited to hear that she was representing wine from my home state of Virginia, which you know, I, like I said, my my wine knowledge and journey really began in New York. I I didn't start in Virginia wine. I you know, I just happened to be from here, and then when I came back home, that was that was like the one thing I really wanted to kind of kick off and kind of get into. But yeah, Lee came in and. And, and the early mountain wines were just delicious. You know, they were, I think she bought, you bought the Vidal Blanc. I never forget you bought the, you bought the the young wine white. Um, I think you had bought the rosé, Right, the Wait, Yeah, I mean, I, that 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 took me on a journey. I mean, because from there, I really wanted to know everything more about early mountain. I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, not to not to sound funny, but like I wanted to follow Lee. I was like looking at her doing this and look at how
And I knew that I was in good hands with this man and that we were going to have the types of conversations I was used to having my entire wine career. I mean, I think that was the thing for me is that I knew that if I worked with Virginia wine, it couldn't be because it was like cute or it needed a boost or um, it had to feel like I could really be authentically excited about these wines and that I was working with people that also inspired me. And quite honestly, I spent a lot of time building up, you know, sort of my credibility in this industry. I, I wasn't going to throw it over for some sort of fly-by-night project. So um, particularly working alongside Ben Jordan has always grounded me in Virginia and made me really believe in the potential for this state. Wow. So um, you mentioned um, in the conversation two particular uh, varieties, um, the Vidal Blanc and Chamberson. What else does Early, Early Mountain grow? Well, Early Mountain... Um, in my estimation, because of the moment I came to them, I've always felt that their kind of most important flagships other than those hybrid grape varieties are Petite Monsang, um, which also I believe to be kind of the most exciting gastronomic white grape in Virginia right now. Um, and, and for a couple of reasons that I'll tell you in terms of how we make it, I think is very exciting at Early Mountain. Um, and then the other was Cabernet Franc. And the thing that was really interesting about uh, Cab Franc with Early Mountain is they do about um, five different bottlings um, according to site. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Cab Franc is, is a very good grape you know, in terms of climatic terms for Virginia. Obviously it's Virginia, it's, it's delicious. It's now the most widely planted the grape in the state, but to see right. one winemaker and how they work with five different parcels gives you an understanding of that grape in a very different way, right? And that's, you know, that's terroir. That's like going to Burgundy and drinking Pinot Noir from Nuit Saint-Georges versus Bone Romanet versus, you know, Bone versus, and seeing how that expresses itself. So that was very exciting for me. On the Petite Monsang side, what was very exciting was I didn't think that people understood how to work with this grape in terms of making a drier version that was still ambiently fermented. In other words, not inoculated with yeast. Petit Mansang is great for the Virginia climate, but you kind of have to know what you're doing with it because it has, it gives a lot of sugar and it gives a lot of acid. And you don't, if you don't know how to tame the acid, um, and if you don't know when to pick for the style of wine that you're trying to create, um, it can get a little bit hairy. Um, and also, it, it will also um, issue you from the option of doing a native or indigenous or ambient, as Ben and I like to call it, fermentation, because the sugar will be so high that the yeast will never finish without you inoculating. So Ben and um, a cohort of his, of other winemakers in the state, um, did many trials to figure out when does Petit Mansang need to be picked to give us the option to ferment in the way, in the less invasive way that we want to ferment. And it took some time, but they figured it out and they figured out, you know, when to pick and early mountain picks essentially like three different times. And, you know, um, and they and they ferment without inoculating. And then they do a long lease aging, which tames some of the acid, but also channeling the acid that we love so much and that we don't always get in Virginia. So I could go on and on. Clearly I like Petit Mon saying, I'm going to stop now. I love it. I love the energy around it um, because I not only that, not only are you teaching listeners about this, but me as well, because I had no idea early mountain existed. I'm going to be honest. Um, and um, I'm excited to explore. So do Early, does Early Mountain have distribution in this Maryland area? Where can we find it? Um, is I think at this point they are now in Maryland um, and with Williams Corner Wines. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you what individual accounts, but yes, as of this moment, now in Maryland with Williams Corner Wines, which is the distributor there. Mm -hmm. And when I said Maryland, I'm sorry, I should have said the DM. The Northern Virginia oh, District well, and Maryland. Yeah, well, all over Virginia. 
for sure, and okay. all over DC. Okay. And now um, in the last several months, also in Maryland. Um, and I still, I'm still affiliated with Early Mountain, but my primary uh, job is as a partner at Commonwealth Crush. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I have questions about Commonwealth. Um, before we get there, Lance, you are an actor into cinematography. How did you exactly get to wine from New York back home to Virginia? Yeah, when I moved to, um, so I've been I've been acting my whole life. I studied on the stage, kind of grew up just kind of doing theater. And I moved to New York to really kind of continue focusing on my acting career. Um, my manager is in New York. My agent's out in L.A. And it was just time to get to get up north and try to see what options were available. Um, and as a as an actor, I mean, you know, you kind of always have to have this survival job. And my survival job has always been bartending and serving. And so I bartended at uh, ABC Cocina, which is a John George restaurant on 19th and Broadway. It's a phenomenal restaurant. Um, and I had a um, our wine buyer and wine manager. Her name was Anne-Marie DiBello. She was great. Uh, if she ever listens to this podcast, she's kind of like the reason that I kind of got interested in wine. Uh, she just, <clears throat> we were very like Latin and kind of Spanish and uh, South American kind of inspired with our with our wine program there. And I just really loved the the history and the culture and just the stories that she kind of had to tell about the wines that we, that we were doing during lineup. I, I really didn't know where I was kind of going with it, but I really enjoyed the conversations that I was having. I found myself just very kind of intrigued and wanting to learn more about wine as she talked about it. Again, this was 2013. I didn't know too much about wine at the time. And long story short, there was a guy named um, Carlos Suberta. He owns a company called Venus Libres in New York. And Venus Libres portfolios in the Frederick Wildman and Sons portfolio. And he used to be a frequent kind of buyer at, uh, frequent visitor at John George and uh, ABC Cocina. And he asked me one day, he's like, you ever thought about being a wine rep? And to be honest, no, I, I'd never really thought about being a wine rep, but I knew at that time I really enjoyed wine. I didn't know much about it, but I knew that I kind of had this personality and character to kind of go out and be able to make connections and talk to people. And so sure enough, you know, I also didn't want to serve a bartender for my whole life. I, I kind of knew that I, at, one, at some point in time, I needed to step out of that lane. And so I went to go work for Frederick Wildman and Sons, um, sold wine for them for about two and a half years, like I said, and really just beat the streets with a bag in New York. I mean, I had about a hundred and some odd different accounts from Brooklyn to Queens to Harlem. They kind of just let me kind of go. I mean, I think at that point in time, I was like only like the second or third black male or black person to work for Frederick and Wildman and Sons. It was a very kind of buttoned up, you know, put your put your blazer on, put your white shirt on and get out there. And, you know, here I am working here. I am with a blazer and a biggie shirt underneath of it. And like, you know, let's go, you know, so they really kind of let me free roam and really kind of explore New York and, and so on. So to answer your question, I mean, I got, I went to New York and, and I'm still acting till this day. It's still like my deep passion, but I'm happy to have kind of found another passion in wine as well too, which has been a blessing because I, I really do enjoy this industry. And like, like Lee, I'm a foodie, you know, I love good food and I love good wine and, my whole motto is like, you know, good people, good food, good wine equals a good time. And um, yeah, that's really kind of how I ended up in the wine industry is based off of me auditioning and needing a survivor job and going from bartending and serving to then kind of like selling wine. And I had two friends, two friends, Dan and um, Jeanette, you know, they were opening up wine shops in Brooklyn um, and they were my accounts. And as soon as they found out I was leaving Frederick Wildman and Sons, they asked if I would be interesting and kind of come to come manage their wine shops. And sure enough, you know, it was another kind of out for me to not, you know, not sell wine anymore, but still stay in the wine industry. And I was able to now turn from selling to now buying. So I didn't really have to focus on this portfolio. I now got to see a broad, broader view of everything out there. And that really is where it kind of that's really where it started to click for me. Um, was just kind of to be able to like have people come to me, show me wines, people like the Lees, people like uh, the Jadays that, they, that they're passionate about, you know, not really having to fill a quota, like and take my bag out and really try to, you know, you know, meet meet what I needed to meet for the month that I, I now got to see what people were passionate about. Um, and in wine storytelling, you know, like I, I get to kind of I get to kind of learn about a wine. I get to experience, I get to taste it. And then I got to, I kind of get to perform it. If that makes sense. You know, like I get to kind of tell you about it. I get to tell you why I love it. It's a, it's an art to me. Um, as cliche as that may sound, but it really is. 
I actually get that from both of you. I get the passion and the storytelling. Yeah. And, you know, if I could say something, I love to sit here and listen to Lance too, because, you know, for a long time, it felt like there weren't so many different voices and there weren't so many different flavors and there weren't so many different styles. It felt like yeah, people, it was about storytelling, but people kept telling the same goddamn story over and over again. And um, it's just, it's just been such a blessing to sit here and watch in front of my eyes um, to see what's going on in the industry and to see all of these new voices and people I really care for really having an impact. So Lee, I definitely had a question for you because you were on the Hill working in politics. And I read a quote in one of your articles where you said food and wine is political. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, I should clarify. I was not on any hill working in any politics quite yet. I was just intending to. No, (laughs) no, I had done a couple of uh, congressional internships with. So, okay, I had done some internships on the hill um, as an undergrad. After undergrad, I spent a year or two in New York and then I, and then I came to DC, yes, to kind of chase that, um, chase that dragon. And I thought I would go to law school because that's what you do if you want to work in politics or government. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to DC. I'm going to, I ended up working for a nonprofit um, and I'll plan, I'll start, I'll start applying to law schools because I had this inherent interest in politics and in policy. And I still do to this day. Um, you know, DC and I mean, sorry, UVA in some ways is a, is a bit of a feeder school for Capitol Hill. And, um, you know, you become a Politico young at UVA. And so I just inherently thought that the way you change the world is to go work in politics and to go work in legislation. And that's how you do it. Right. But I had this meal at this place called Restaurant Nora, which is no longer around, but was there for almost 40 years um, in the DuPont Circle neighborhood. And many people know of this woman, Nora Pouillon. She was the chef and owner and Austrian born. And um, I just, I had never had a meal. Certainly I had eaten well up until that point in my life and was lucky enough to have traveled decently and um had some really great meals in New York and where where have you but maybe this was one of my first grown-up solo meals without parents and all that sort of thing and I went and had this meal with a friend and when I um turned over the back of the menu it had the list of all of the farmers and um, I had just never seen that before. And I think maybe I it's, things started to click with me that like, oh, this food all comes from someplace. And the food was so extraordinary. The flavors were so pure and expressive that I got up the next day and I, and I knocked on the kitchen door and I asked for a job, having no restaurant experience, having no plan, but having been there at exactly the right time because um as it turned out the chef had just written a cookbook and needed to go on a media tour and needed a personal assistant so um you know within a week or two's time i'm now the personal assistant to arguably the top one two three chefs in washington dc which put me on an entirely different track for my life and the reason I knew I was in the right place is because, first of all, Restaurant Nora became the first certified organic restaurant in the United States. Um, but everything they these people did was on purpose, was with thought, and was was to try to affect change. So they said, how we eat, where we purchase food, how we source food, what farmers we support, and what soapboxes we get on and build, this is all connected to the restaurant. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. All the choices we make in this restaurant, they they have their, they have effect. And what's more, if we band together with other people who feel the same way, we'll have more of an effect. Mm-hmm. So for instance, um, Nora was one of the founding partners of this chef's organization that was very big at one point called the Chef's Collaborative, um, which was really sort of one of the innovative forces behind sort of the market to table mm-hmm. restaurants that we t- 
take for granted now. You know, I came up in the 70s and the 80s. Nobody talked about where your food came from. Um, the restaurant styles were all chasing sort of this elusive style of continental dining, which I don't know what that means. I mean, co the continent meaning European, but like it was very generic. It was very vague. There were some top, always some top, very French restaurants in New York City, but American dining didn't really have an identity and nobody talked about farming. So it was just this moment where people were starting to create real political strength behind that. And I was lucky enough to have discovered it right in that moment. And I think what happened for me is after working for Nora for a while and working for some other restaurants in New York, I realized, well, if this is a movement that can establish itself behind food, well, then it can establish itself behind wines as, as well. So that was why I then sort of segued, not quite so smoothly as I'm saying it, but segued into the natural wine arena because I wanted to take the idea of having an ethos, having a passion, you know, believing in sustainable farming, believing in it's important how things are made and taking that same sort of commitment that you have in food and then applying it to wine. I have the freakiest story. So in 2018, I started this campaign, Blacks in Wine, and I would tell stories about different people, different Black people who are working in wine in some way. This day on 2018, I posted you and it mm. just popped up. It mm. just popped yeah. up, 2018. It's no lie. <laughs> because you yes. actually telling this, as you were telling the story, I was like, why the fuck does this sound familiar? Wait a minute. <laughs> and crazy. so anyway, I, I just- myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I just looked at my Instagram and it's in it to the day. February Sarita, I'm also I'm also a witch. I'm <laughs> also a witch. My Instagram handle is bewitchingly. So yes, I conjured that all up. It was wow. all meant to be. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah. really, really crazy. But thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Sure. Lance, back to you. Um, you were the co-founder of Rich Wine. Tell us what inspired that. Yeah, I mean, um, so when I moved back home, um Richmond has always had like a, a it's always had a special place in my heart. It's um you know, family is kind of from here. I spent I spent my summers in Richmond. Uh, my sister is 13 years older than me. And, you know, I grew up in an all-white community. I, I grew up in outside of the sticks and in the country. And I spent my summers in Richmond. And like a goal, you know, I just, I've always wanted to see Richmond succeed. You know, like it's it's just been through a lot. It's gone through these ups and downs. Right before COVID happened, it was kind of on this high. And then COVID happened and it kind of dropped down. But uh, after I helped you know, Jeanette and Dan open up the shops in Brooklyn. I, those shops to me kind of encompass this, this energy and this vibe and, and this kind of like overall wonderful perception of like just enjoying wine, you know, like it didn't, it didn't really necessarily matter about what we were selling. It was just the, the point of just coming in and just trying new things and experiencing wine. And that's a big, that's a big point for me right now where I'm at in my life. So when I moved back to Richmond, I I ultimately wanted to open up a wine shop. I just wanted a simple, simple bottle shop with wine on the wall, one person standing over on the in the corner with the kiosk, ringing up wine, get them on out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, COVID happened. So we decided to put Rich Wine as online. Um, and we put all of our inventory, everything like that online. And in Richmond and in Virginia, they have an internet retail wine license that's part of an ABC license. So you have like your own off-premise license, you have your off-premise license, and then they have this thing called the internet wine retail license. And actually, when I went to the ABC uh, headquarters, they were like, no one buys this license. Why are you doing that? And I was like, well, COVID's happening right now. We can't get a, a storefront. We're just going to put everything online. Sure enough, um, that took off, obviously, during the COVID time when no one was available to really go outdoors. Um, there is a facility in Southside, which is called Hatch Local, um, and it's basically like a ghost ghost kitchen. And another, another friend of mine who's also a brother went to UVA. He, he's part owner of this ghost kitchen, and he had a room available, and he was like, yo, no one is doing anything with this room Everything is Every room is commercial zoned. You can open up your little wine shop here. And so, yeah, man, we we basically in two weeks, my business partner, Kristen Gardner, has a friend that works at Google. 
She built us a website. We threw wine into a little light box and uh, started putting wine up online. And this this vision to kind of open up Rich Wine started in New York, actually. We held a fundraiser to, to open up Rich Wine, which was going to be our little brick and mortar spot. And we raised a little bit of money, again, hoping to have a, a brick and mortar. But that money that we raised actually helped us kind of open up, you know, our online platform. And that was Rich Wine. And it took off. It, 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 I didn't, I, I had no, I did not think it would take off like it did. Uh, and, and if I'm being completely honest, I had no plan of it being as big as it was or as as big as the rich wine brand has grown until this day. And it, it led us to, it led me to so much more. It led me more to to food. It led me more to, to connections. It led me more to friendships. Um, it led me more to just establishing this community in Richmond under rich wine. Sorry. I got two kids as well, too. So if you hear my daughter screaming right now, that, that's her. I was taking the note of, of, of a quiet place. There is no quiet place at my at my house. Um, and, and, and in Virginia, you know, the good old Commonwealth state to open to open a bottle and to taste wine or to have anything of that nature, you have to have some kind of food program. Um, so when when COVID kind of slowly started to end, I knew that I wanted to open up a space where we could still have, quote unquote, tastings. During COVID, we were man, we were getting creative. We were pairing up with chefs in Richmond to kind of do these intimate tastings at people's houses for 10 to 15 to 20 people. We were we were going all over the place. We were um, just really doing whatever we can, whatever we could do to kind of showcase wine and just, uh, and, and having like small plates. And so when I, I, I fortunately was able to find a spot in Jackson Ward, which is now like my current venture and my current baby, Rich Wine is still, there, it's still a powerhouse. It still does what it needs to do in the community. But uh, we opened up Penny's uh, Wine Shop uh, a year ago on February first, and it's a Jackson Ward wine spot by Rich Wine. And ultimately, it's a it's a wine bar and a little wine shop with small plates and small food. And it's kind of led me to like this new journey in life. I didn't I didn't expect to be a restaurant tour, um, but you know we have amazing food, and I was just kind of listening to Lee talk about it, like. You know, we're very farm to table. You know, we work with Old Tavern. Um, we just went up to Silvanaqua Farms, which is kind of like in Warsaw, Virginia, which is also a black owned farm as well, too. And one of my good friends works for them. And, you know, we're really kind of curating and sourcing just local. We want to we, we, we're, we're really being conscious about what we're putting in front of people and, and really trying to help farmers out and help the local community and really just kind of keep this niche I mean, just this community of driving people forward together. And it's, it's been a journey. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here every time I get to do these kind of conversations, I I don't, I forget how much I kind of get to talk about like where I came from and kind of get to talk about the path that I've gotten here. So it's, it's a nice reflection to kind of, uh, to do that. I hope I answered the question. Yes, yes, you absolutely <laughs> did. Excellent. excellent. <laughs> if we can go back to Lee, and can you tell us about Commonwealth Crush? So Commonwealth Crush uh, is a sort of a collaborative project. Um, it is not a cooperative per se, but it is um, a project that establishes the opportunity for small brands in Virginia to have a place to come and make wines. So it was you know, pretty much the brainstorm of my partner's um, particularly the Jordan brothers who had these small wine brands that they had been making alongside their main job. So Ben Jordan has a wine brand with a few partners called Lightwell Survey. And he always made that at Early Mountain because that was where the main his main gig was and Early Mountain graciously allowed him to make it. And then his brother, Tim Jordan, who is a winemaker and a vine farmer, um, has a brand called Star Party that he started a few years ago. Um, and he first, you know, again, always looking for sort of a place to make this wine. Um, and what they realized is that they were always hustling, looking for places to make their little small boutique brands. There must be other people who are also doing the same thing. And if we pool our resources and create a space for small young wine brands to have a place to land without having to incur the overhead of a winery and of winery equipment, which is, you know, exorbitant, um, then maybe it's really going to drive innovation in Virginia in a different kind of way. Um, so Commonwealth Crush is sort of the home to um, a small family of brands that are that are sort of owned by the partners. And that's 
the Light Wolf Survey that I talked about, Star Party, another one called Midland, which are the brothers together, always um, sourcing fruit from their own family vineyard, um, as well as the eponymous Commonwealth Crush brand. Um, we also have a line called CWC or Commonwealth Crush. And then other people come in and make their wines. Um, people like uh, Dogwood and Thistle or Echo Adesso, or, you know, and then we have other brands that hire us outrightly to make wine for them. Um, people like Dover Hall and 12 Bridges. Um, and then we've got sort of in between templates as well, right? So it's just, you know, people coming in to use the space as they need to, as they see fit. Um, and, um, and then one um, part of the project that we're particularly excited about um, is something called the Incubator Project. And that is where uh, Lance Lemon and Reggie Leonard are a part of that. And also another friend of ours, Jade Marley. And that is stewarding new brands into existence. Um, people who have not had their own wines to start and um, helping them create that and supporting them in that process and getting them started and on their way. So um, Lance and Reggie um, are part of our inaugural cohort of incubatees. Um, along with Jade and um, Lance and Reggie have a project called uh, the Parallel, the Parallax Project, and I will let him tell you about it. <laughs> Good segue. And I, I want to say, like, um, you know, Lee's kind of introduction to me to Ben. I mean, like, that was the first thing <clears throat> when I left New York and I came back home to to Virginia. I was like, I gotta meet, I gotta meet Ben. You know, like, I gotta get in touch with Ben Jordan. Um, in New York, I never really had the experience to like, I've been to vineyards. I never really had the experience to like work harvest, you know, like I wanted to, I wanted to get my hands dirty. I wanted to, I wanted to learn. I wanted to see what this was all about. So my first thing was to go meet Ben. Um, I went to his family farm at Midland and, and Shenandoah and, and really just, you know, Reggie and I, that's the first time I met Reggie. We were, we did harvest together, um, worked on the family farm for, you know, I'd probably go up every other weekend just to kind of just go learn a little bit with Tim Jordan, Ben's brother, who was uh, just a phenomenal friend. I mean, he's a friend of mine and just a, uh, just a, a master in the vineyard. I mean, he's just so, so thoughtful, so caring. And so just, he explains things just very well to me. And then to kind of tie that all together, I get Tim Jordan, right. Working in the vineyard, learning, get my hands dirty. And then I get to go to early mountain and work with Ben and really learn the ins and outs and the minutia of working in a winery, learning how to like move wine around, make wine, learn the, the terminology, learn all that, et cetera, et cetera. So I just, I, I'm Lee, I'm so thankful. I mean, because I don't know where the hell I, you know, I, I was talking to some UVA kids the other day. They were like, how'd you get to where you at? I was like, I don't know, but I am here and it is fun. I'm having a great damn time doing it. Um, and, you know, long story short, but like Lee said, when I met Reggie, I, I knew that I was like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. And um, sure enough, as the time kind of kept going on, we, we, we realized that we had the kind of same community and obviously with Ben and Lee and, um, when Commonwealth Crush opened, you know, the incubator project kind of came up in a meeting that we were at. And, you know, the, there was no question about who who I thought wanted to be the first people to kind of tag on this role. And that was Reggie and myself. And so uh, we were making our first wine this year, which I'm super excited about. It is called the Parallax Project. It is really just to kind of bridge the uh, focus between hybrids uh, and also um, Vitis vinifera, uh, which is kind of in Virginia has been a has been a staple of, of wines, of how to make wines here. You know, we kind of take this old world approach of what we kind of learned from Europe and what our founding fathers, and we can go into that conversation later about what they kind of wanted to bring here and plant and really kind of hope that would excel here in, in the Virginia uh, ethos of making wine. And as we've kind of learned and as winemakers have learned over the time is that not everything grows as well as they would hope for in Virginia. And what I'm very passionate about right now and what I've kind of like put my hopes and energy into is, is being young in this game and being young in the wine game, like what's new, right? Like what's the new kind of thing that's kind of happening? Hybrids have been around, but the hybrids are doing very well in Virginia right now. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm drinking a Duquesne winery out of Nottingham County and I got this bottle because they have Saval Blanc, you know, like I wanted just to, I want to experience what these, these hybrids kind of do and what the taste is like. So Reggie and I kind of teamed up to kind of 
make the parallax project, which again is just to kind of really bridge the gap between hybrids and and uh, vinifera and really showcase just this kind of new vibrancy to wine. And the parallax is basically like having a different perception of something the way you look at it. Um, and we're making a wine called the what's this and the what's that. And we're making a white wine that is made of uh, equal parts. Uh, well, let me put it this way. It's made of, it's made of the same red grapes and the same white grapes. And they're the, the, both the, both of the mixes in the same uh, in the white and in the red, we're making a white and a red of it. So obviously you'll get a kind of a different perception of each in its own kind of sense. Um, and yeah, man, we're just, we're super excited to be part of this. And like Lee said, I mean, I never, <laughs> I never thought I'd make a wine, uh, just if I'm being honest, you know, like I never thought that this opportunity would present itself. And for me, I think the bigger picture is as a person of color, as a black male, you like, I, I really want, I want it to be more than just a brand, you know, like I, I want, I want to have, I want to have my footprint on it. I want to have my hands in it. I want to have a say in kind of like and what's going on and and like really learn the process of of everything from you know spending my time working in a winery and working in a vineyard like I think this is all kind of accumulated to like now where I'm at with the Parallax project and with Reggie and and continuing to learn like the steps of making wine and you know maybe one day there's there's land available maybe one day there's there's the opportunity to really plant vines and 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 really and really hone in like what it means to be a winemaker it's and, and, and own a winery and own fruit, you know what I mean? Like the fruits of your labor, like what does that really mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm super excited to be part of this. And again, with Lee and with Commonwealth Crush, this opportunity would have never really happened. And again, I kind of sit here and just kind of all about all of that. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to uh, go on the record that, you know, I've got these really three extraordinary partners at Commonwealth Crush. We keep um, you know, waxing poetic about the Jordan brothers, but <laughs> there's a very humble third partner named Pat Egan, who yes. is, uh, um, who is our business chops, who, um, got his MBA from Darden, the business school at UVA. And so it really takes all of us to do the work that we're doing, um, different skill sets coming together. And yes, these are all white men. And when you look up the word ally in the dictionary, there are their faces. They are the real deal. They are very respectful and they are trying really hard to do the work. And I really appreciate working with them. Yeah. I echo that They're Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, Ben took me underneath of his, his wing and, and then, and had no, you know, there was no need for him to like reach out and kind of just extend as much as he did. I mean, I think his passion and Lee can speak to it more is just, is getting more people into wine and getting more people just to kind of like, you know, appreciate and understand like what can be done here. And especially in Virginia, you know, I mean, he's, he lived out and had a stint in LA, but I mean, he, he's just been a, a, a rock to me and Tim has as well too. And then, you know, I got to meet Pat, the kind of business side and like I own my own business to kind of like experience and learn from him on this kind of side. I mean, it's been, it's been nothing short of amazing. Um, just being honest. I just wanted to say, um, Congratulations. And I think it's a um it's very admirable, admirable with the common crush to help and give back the way you are. Um, because as you all know, this business can be intimidating, mm -hmm. and especially for people of color who didn't grow up with their ancestors owning vineyards for centuries. Yeah. To have something like what you all are doing is a trailblazing um, heroic effort. And I congratulate you and what a better way to celebrate Black History Month with you too. Thank you, Glennis. Yeah, thank you, Glennis. Very yeah. welcome. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I mean. Uh, and that's what we try to do at Pennies. We welcome everyone. We want people to learn. We want people to have come in, have a good time, drink, enjoy wine, enjoy the story behind it. Let us show you something new. And I mean, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at in my life. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm look, I'm happy to be in wine. I'm happy just to tell more people about it, especially people like us, people of color. You know, it is intimidating. It's very intimidating. I, I shit, I still get intimidated. 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, I think the other thing that I would just point out to anybody who might be, you know, dreaming about what it must be to work in the wine industry, you know, this is manual labor. <laughs> yeah. Right let me be very clear about this. Like there is a, there is a beautiful side to it. There is a sensual side to it, but you know, you come and see what Lance and I are doing during the day. We're putting boxes away and clean and mopping floor. You know, we're, this is tough work and it is physical work. And that is also a huge part of it. So I don't want to sell it as something it's not, but it's true at the end of the day, we share a glass and uh, we we enjoy our lives and we enjoy what we're leaving as a legacy. So, yeah, it's 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 a it's a lovely way to live, but it is not easy. What a way to close out the conversation. OK, yeah. we do these fun this or that. We all can jump in. Um, mm. And here we go. Sarita, I'm probably going to embarrass myself, okay? I just want to say this. I want to go on record before we get into this. That's not true. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, flats or drums? Okay, so when I I saw that you asked this, I didn't know what you were talking about. So this is what I mean. Shut up. I didn't know what you were talking about. Are you serious? I didn't. I had to, I don't know if I had to Google it. I like didn't know what you were talking about. (laughs) I'm Caribbean. I'm gonna go. Um. Oh man, that's so tough, yo. I mean, I don't. Okay, let me let me be honest. I don't understand what people order just flats. That's me. Okay. Yeah, like I don't. I, I enjoy flats and I enjoy drums equally. I think if I had to pick, it would be drums because I enjoy more meat. I, I don't mind. Like I love flats. Oh, don't the flats make the drums more delicious? Like that's what that's right? where I'm at, Lee. Like I love my flats with my drums. Like, all right, yeah, I got it. I got a drum. I'm I'm gnawing around it, and then I get that flat, and it's got like just a different kind of meat. You pull yeah. it off the bone. It's, it's a meat. it's about the as a flats lover. It's about the texture, and to me, the flats have more flavor. I agree with you there, but like I still have to have a balance because it's too much work in a flat. It is not a lot of work. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and I just went going, I don't really eat wings. So that's part. This is part of it. Uh, okay. I, I disappointed you. I know I was going to. It's fine. It's- <laughs> what's, what's interesting about this conversation is it's economic. You know, I think yeah. the restaurant industry started selling either or or making people choose. Give me the whole damn chicken wing and let me pick what I want. Yeah, sure Don't right. be telling me oh, I'm gonna give you two flats and a drum, or if you want all flats, I'm gonna charge you extra ten. Get the hell out of here! Give me the whole joint. Give me the chicken wing. That was one of Are you allowed to order what you want? Yeah, In some places yes. you can. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So if you go to like, uh, what's that place called? Like B-dubs? Is that what we call it? Mm-hmm. Not B-dubs. Or even Buffalo. go, Rick, what's Rick Ross's spot? Um, oh, wing spot? Wingstop. Wingstop. Mm-hmm. You can get just flats, Lee. They just be, I know so many people that just order flats. I just, I can't. Um, yeah. And Sarita. It's like I a lot of, lot of time. And, lot they also, of time. and they charge it by the piece. That's not a piece of chicken. The whole wing is the piece. Come on, stop it, people. Okay, anyway, that's my soapbox about that. So I'm going to say I want an equal number of both so I can get a whole chicken wing. That's what I'm going to say. Fair, fair. Okay, juice or belly? Say that again. Juice or belly? These are movies. Oh. Oh. What was belly? Yeah, belly is. Doing I'm doing gonna say. Doing I'm gonna say belly because uh, not that's Nas and DMX. It is. Yeah, yeah. Belly is. Um, I don't remember juice. Lee, we from oh, juice Tupac. Tupac. Yeah, juice Tupac. Yeah, yeah. Juice was Tupac. I remember Tupac. that. Right. Lee, we're on the same um, age <laughs> paradigm. Yeah, I mean so that's why I'm we don't say know that. that I'm gonna go up for number three, poetic justice. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna say belly. You know, I love, juice I like didn't belly. really resonate with me. <laughs> I'm gonna go belly. I hear it was good though. Oh my god! Yeah, belly. Yeah. Belly for you, Liz. Okay. <laughs> Glennis, I'm afraid to ask. What? Which Man, one? I, so I, 
Do I have to stick with the, if I had to stick with the two that you um, presented, I'm going to have to say juice because I don't remember belly. And that's probably because of with this gray hair. But overall, if I had to, I'm going with poetic justice because that's like closer. That's right. See? Poetic justice, that was. <laughs> that's a favorite. Uh, I'm going oh, with New Jack City. <laughs> sure. I'm on New Jack City. Yeah, that was the question at the end of New Jack City all day. That's one. Of, that's one of my. Favorites. I wanna sex you up. <laughs> somebody, somebody, bring back Wesley Snipes and just like a full, full blown. Oh my uh, god! Anything. Oh yeah. Are you a brother's keeper? Are you a brother's keeper? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Clearly, I should have said New Jack City. Hey, New Jack City. Now well, honestly, I was afraid. I was afraid y'all didn't see that because the last time I used that movie, um, the guest didn't didn't see it. But she was super young, so oh, I was like, "Well, yeah. I can't win for losing." But here I we go. Yeah, watch New Jack City like once. I probably watch it once a month at least. Oh, I was getting really? ready to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I watch it. It's on TV, and I just can't, I mean, like, every time it comes on, I just, yeah. I cannot stop watching it, man. I just it's a good movie. Oh, New Jack City is the bomb. Okay, next one is super easy, hopefully. Curry <laughs> or jerk? I mean, that's really hard, because quite honestly, I probably eat more stew, stew chicken than I do uh, curry or jerk. So I can't really choose, but that is up my alley. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then I'm going to always pick number three, stew chicken, stew, stew beef, stew chicken, stew pork, stew. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say curry. I'm going to say curry. Yep. So now here I go, because I know somebody is going to say it. So now what type of curry are we talking about? Are we talking about Thai curry? No. Indian no. curry? No, we're Jamaican we're talking curry? About Jamaican curry. West Indian, curry. West Indian, right? Because we're jerk. We're saying jerk or curry. So we're in the, I, I we're just, in the Caribbean, double, right? Double checking. So I'm going to... Mm. Yeah, this, mm. this is where I get off a little bit. I'm just going to say curry in general because I don't want to get in trouble with what the... <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with the jerk. I'm going. I love jerk. I love jerk chicken. I love jerk chicken. I love jerk chicken with a little sauce on the side, so it could be a little curly sauce. Like sauce. It in it. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, it's curry for me. Definitely curry for me. Uh, okay. Next one. Another set of movies. Okay. Dead presidents or set it off. I'm gonna say. Wait, what uh, did you say? I know. I did not hear that. <laughs> no, did I did not hear that. Did you say Inkwell? I'm being difficult. I'll say set it off. Set it off. Isn't set it off the one with the women? Yeah, Queen oh, Latifah. Yes. Queen Latifah. Yeah. 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 Jada. Uh, Jada's in yeah. That's I'm right. gonna say I'm gonna say set it off too. Um yeah, set it off. That was that's a hell of a lineup um in that movie. Uh did presidents though, man. That's a no. I you know, this is hard. Um, because I think people sleep on dead presidents. I think Dead Presidents is an excellent movie, but it is. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. But and what's that other one with Tretch, Jada, and um that light skinned dude? That was a good one too. He's been in a million movies. That never talking watched. about Jason's Jason's lyric. Yes. Oh, Jason's lyric. Oh. Jason's yeah. lyric. That was Alan. Is his name Alan West? The guy from New Alan, Payne. Alan Payne. Alan Payne. Alan Payne. Alan. Payne. Alan. Payne. Alan Payne. Yeah. And isn't he the one that played Lance in the yes. country show? Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. Yes. And this is why whenever I see Lance, I'm like, hey, Lance. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, last one. Last one we'll do fried chicken or fried fish. Fish. I'm going with fried fish. It's so hard. It's not hard. It's not. I want, I want it all. I want it all. As a as a as a black man, I am sad to say I'm allergic to fish. So, oh no! Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's fresh. Uh, all fish. So I can have shellfish. So fish, but no fresh fish. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Me and my sister are the same way. My dad's allergic to iron. I I iron 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 iron. That's a weird word. Um. Iron. Yeah. I'm Iron. Yeah, I'm allergic to fish. And I found out when I was uh, 14, 13, my sister's allergic as well, too. And it is a real allergy. It's I'm a, I have a thin fish allergy. So like I can eat. I see. Yeah, I can eat shrimp. I can eat crab. I've had calamari. 
I just tried octopus for the first time, like not too long ago. Yeah, I can't have fried fish, but I'm willing to go out on a piece of fried catfish because the way it look. Yes. Lord of mercy. Lord of mercy. <laughs> you Lord of like it. It ain't nothing. I like it. I'm definitely fish. I'll go. I'll take the fish dish any day over yeah. land, ma'am, meat, chicken. Well, you know. Okay, we're not going to. Okay. I feel like I gotta stick up and say fried chicken then. I'll take fried chicken. Yeah, so you want fried chicken. <laughs> All right. Chicken and biscuits. Mm. For sure. Yes. Uh it is fried fish for me too. And it's fried catfish specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, amen. Guys, amen. thank you so much for joining us today. This was so fun chatting with y'all. It was so nice to talk to you. And I look forward to spending time with you in real life at some point. So tell our listeners where they can um, find you on social media. Uh, me, I'm at um, Bewitchingly, L-E-E, and uh, Commonwealth Crush, you know, and check out Early Mountain as well. Yeah, I am um, I am Lance Lemon on Instagram, um, and my two businesses are Penny's RVA on Instagram and then Rich Wine RVA on Instagram and that's where you can find me. And I'm, I'm at Penny's every night. So if you're really looking for me. Ah, <laughs> working hard. Working, like like Lee said, it, it is manual labor. We, <laughs> we slinging wine. We slinging food. That's where we at. Well, yeah. guys. And I guess I should oh. and I guess I should put in a plug for uh, our tasting room in Waynesboro, Virginia, for those people who are in Virginia or the DMV. Uh, we are 30 miles, or I should say 30 minutes west of Charlottesville along 64. And the tasting room is open Thursdays to Sundays. Amazing space. Please go see it. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And that's Com Commonwealth Crush Tasting Room. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, guys. That is a wrap. Cheers, everybody. Thank Cheers. you. You've been listening to the Swirl Sweet Podcast, a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vine Me Up Media.